0: That tale was done, and there was just one left. The stranger began forming the story in his mind. The boy was still processing the last tale's end. And so they marched on Jotunheim, led by Tyr. What stories of war have you heard, boy? What do they tell you when the Jarls are quarreling? When retainers refuse the call of their masters? The boy nodded enthusiastically, for he was descended from warriors, and he was very interested in warriors. The stranger sympathized with him on that. He, too, was the son of warriors. They tell us about the battles, about how Tyr drives their strategy, how Thor keeps their sword arm strong, and how Odin keeps them alive, and how the Glorious Dead ride with Freya and the Valkyrie to Valhalla. The stranger nodded. Yes, many of the Glorious Dead do go to Valhalla, but not just Valhalla. Odin and Freya split the Grateful Dead. But why, I ask you, why does Odin build two armies, one in the Hall of Valhalla and one in Freya's Hall of Volkvangir? And what is he building that army for? The boy was not sure and said nothing. So, no, I shall not tell you of the battles against the Jotuns in Jotunheim, but there we will go none the less. I will not tell you of how Odin slew many of those lords and brought them to heel, scattering them to the winds of that chaotic place. I will instead tell you of the mistake of Loki, the anger of Thor, and the tragedy of Tyr's heart. Let us go then, as Odin begins his quest to control death itself, and how he failed. Welcome to Goddessy, Season 2, Episode 10. The master of death. Loki went missing during the campaign, boy. That is where we begin. So Odin called off the war for a single day before the final push to destroy the Jotuns once and for all. Odin called it off and gathered a force of a few, Freya and Frey, Njord, Sifinthor, Frigga, Ulir, Heimdall, and the entourage of all those gods, and among them Tyr rode beside him, for Tyr knew Jotunheim best of all the gods. They rode deep into the brambles and briars until they came across a cave, bones of massive beasts scattered about. There was more wild now than it had been the last time Odin had come here, and like the last time he had come here, he found Loki outside, thinking. Nearby, a mound of stones covered the ground with holly atop it, with the impression grass was growing there too. Laufey's son, called the Allfather, and Loki sat up, seeing the forces gathered with him he did not bother with his nervous mumblings he knew that he had been caught but loki did not answer another voice did all oh, father i welcome you to the home of my brothers and i the woman who stepped out from the cave was not angreboda the jotun wife of loki but someone else She was thin, covered in dark clothes, but what repulsed everyone was the half of her face that was decaying, half of her body looking as a rotten corpse. Her left eye was milky, her nostril retracted and ears shriveled, half of her mouth upturned in a smirk that revealed yellowed teeth on one half, white on the other half of her mouth. She bowed deeply, walking with a limp on her left side. Odin bowed his head. Hail, daughter of Angrboda, and what should I call you? I am Hela, Lord, she said, looking back into the cave, and my brothers are Finrir and Jormungandar. My elder brother would not come out for fear of something Mother once said, and my younger bro, as if to answer her thought, a wolf appeared, almost as tall as Odin's horse, with deep green eyes like Loki's emeralds. It growled a greeting and surprised everyone by speaking. I am Finrir, Lord, ladies. I greet you and welcome you with my sister. Forgive your Mungandar. He is shy. Hela looked nervous for Finrir and for herself. Thor spoke then, booming. Loki, what is that? Who are these whelps? Who is Angra Boda? Finria growled, but Odin spoke. A dalliance with the Jotun Seerus. These are the children of Loki Thor. I have seen your Mungadar, a serpent of unwieldy size. Now, let us conclude our business here. Where is Angroboda? Hela pointed to the stack of stones nearby. She died nursing us. We are hungry children, and she was sickly. Odin had no doubt of that. And you inherited her abilities, did you, Hela? Hela nodded. I am not as refined as she is. She could only do so much in teaching me. Odin looked to Loki, remembering what he had said to him the last time the two of them were here. Tyr, Odin said, turning to his son. Is it necessary that we destroy the Jotuns? Tyr shook his head. We have destroyed their organization, and now they will return back to their chaotic bands and chiefdoms. Soon they will go back to warring with one another, I fear, so I think it wise to let them rebuild, however sparsely, and keep them in check, if Thor is willing. The Thunderer laughed. Odin turned to Njord and his twins. Are the Vanir agreed to peace? They were. Odin returned to the children of Loki. Come with us to Asgard, be the guests of your father in his hall, and I believe we may find a place for you among the gods. Hela bowed again, and so they came. Tyr called Finrir to him, and the two seemed to get along quite well. Soon Tyr was throwing meat, and Finrir was retrieving in like a game, to the amusement of the other gods. Odin had not seen Tyr this happy for the length of the campaign in Jotunheim, for he was at war with his mother's people. It was good to see joy in him again. Loki came to Odin's horse, whistled for his own, kept far away to keep it from Vinrir's hunger. Odin, I can... Odin smiled. I have not asked you to, Loki. I suspect Helo will be of great use to us, and Finrear already is a boon to dutiful Tyr. The question is, what use do we have for you? He turned his gaze to Thor, who went to the cave with golden haired Sif. Serpent! Come out! I would see you! There came a rumbling, unlike anything Odin had ever felt. Even surrounded by the giant Jotuns, Odin had never felt anything quite like this. What emerged from the cave caused the cave to break apart, shattering before Thor. The speed of which the creature moved was impossible. When it stood, it was the single largest being Odin had seen since the time of Emir, A white-gray serpent with an emerald fin down its back. Its teeth were massive, stained black with some ichor that caused a kind of smoke to emerge from its mouth. Its eyes were white, almost milky as Hela's own. It hissed, looking down at Thor, Sif, and Odin. Loki walked to Thor and placed a hand on the Thunderer's shoulder. "'I think of beauty, hmm? Son! This is my friend, Thor. Remember what I told you about him?' The creature hissed and came closer. The gods covered their noses, stepping back. "'His breath is a cloud of poison. "'Have a care. He is not unlike a dragon.' Thor took up his spear and came closer. "'Is it good sport?' Loki balked. "'It is a he, and he is my son, Thunderer.' "'Is he good sport?' For recoiled, hissing, and then sped off to the north. Thor threw the spear, but the scales of the serpent were so large that the spear broke as the snake sped off. In the distance, Odin saw the serpent duck into a river. It took some time for the tail of the serpent to follow from the mouth of the cave, and then finally, the rumbling stopped. Thor, strong though he was, tried to grab the serpent by its tail, but could never get a good grip. Enraging him, a storm brewed. Odin spoke to Loki. "'Where does that river flow to, Laufey's son?' Loki was quick to answer, concerned for his son. "'To Midgard, all-father. I do not think your Mungandar will be coming back here.' Thor howled, wanting to chase the thing. Sif calmed him. Finally, Odin called his forces back, and the whole host of Aesir and Vanir returned to the heavens with Hela and Finrir in tow. As they rode, Freya came alongside Odin and spoke to him, led on by her chariot driven by her cats. You bring her to Asgard with a purpose, Allfather. I would know it. Odin's eye twinkled. The dead need a place to go, Freya. We have spoken of this. But not all souls can go to Valhalla or Folkvangir. We need a third place and the gods will not go where those souls are going." "'Where are they going?' Frey asked. He replied plainly, "'To Niflheim.'" And so, for a time, Finrir and Hela lived in Asgard. Finrir took up residence in the orchards of Idun and became a prolific hunter. Though hunting was Ulir's domain, Tyr became Finrir's constant companion and the two became inseparable. Odin was glad to see the change in his son, but he was working to other purposes. Odin had long commanded where souls should go when they die, for indeed he is the inventor of the soul. Souls reincarnated are reborn. These days people do not speak of that distant past, but souls recycle through the afterlife and come back. Many ancient tales speak of this, of souls that come back after a long time. But Odin was sensing that something had to change in this process, that not all souls should reincarnate, or at least not all parts of the soul. Great rulers and heroes would be needed long after their deaths. But not everyone can be a hero boy. One day Odin called Hela to his hall, and she found the Allfather and Flaxen Freya there waiting for her. "'Hella, we would have you join us in Niflheim. "'We believe we have found something that can help your growth as a seer.' "'Hella bowed, and now wore a veil on the left side, for courtesy. But "'Despite half of her body's shriveled nature, she was beautiful in a strange kind of way. "'What's the purpose of this trip, my lord Odin?' "'Odin stood. "'Niflheim is not a world that I had a part in making.' I believe there are primordial energies there that can aid you and aid Freya's magic as well. Come, let us ride. And so Odin, Freya and Hela rode to Yggdrasil and then down to the roots, wrapping themselves in their warmest coats. All but Hela, the cold did not seem to bother her in any way. Niflheim is a land of frozen wastes, of rivers of ice that run cold, but not just ice, boy poison, too. The rivers of Niflheim are dangerous, their water's untrustworthy. No water did Odin drink there, nor Freya either. But Hela seemed to show no regard for these concerns, drinking from the water at the edge of the ice packs. The sun does not rise in Niflheim. There is no light save that which you bring with you. A mist covers the land completely, making it dangerous to even move. You do not know if you stand on solid land, or if you stand on uneven ice ready to break before your weight. The land was empty, no gods, no jotuns, no elves, only the crushing of ice against ice sounded, echoing off the rare hills leading up to the higher realms in the south. For Niflheim is the most northerly of realms. Hella asked after a time, "Where are we going, allfather?" A cave, said Odin, not unlike the one you grew up in. There is wisdom there. Not even he believed that, and indeed Freya began to look nervous about Odin's true intentions. Finally, they came to a cave entrance descending deep into the earth. Odin set up camp outside of it with Freya using magic and started a fire. Hela, meanwhile, was drawn to the cave. After they finished, Odin went to her. What do you see, Loki's daughter? She did not speak for a moment, and then, there is something in there, a single being. A dangerous one. Hela shook her head. I do not think so, not to me. Freya came up beside them. I sense the power in there, you feel it too? Hela nodded. "'I will not go in that place, Allfather. Hella, I think it is meant just for you.' "'Odin said nothing. Hella stepped forward, followed by Odin, "'his ravens staying behind, his wolves close to the fire. "'The cave quickly dropped down steeply and smelled strong, "'not of rotting, but of blood. "'Go, Hella. Go and find your destiny.' Hella then began her descent, having difficulty with her shriveled leg as she did. She carried no torch. She took nothing with her. Some say Odin pushed her, but neither he nor Hella claim this. They do not speak of Hella falling, in fact. But these stories are told. The truth is irrelevant. Hella fell, falling long into the rocks of the cave. Soon. As Odin returned to the fire to warm his soul with Freya, there came a howling from the cave, and screams too. In time, they faded. Sleep came to Freya and Odin, who, as time went on, became uncertain of what they had done. But soon the mist surrounded them, forcing them into their tents and into meditation and thought. When they both stirred at last, they emerged from their tents to find the cave was no longer merely a cave, but an entrance with a tall gate upon it, and its guardian was like Finrir, a wolf covered in red blood. Its eyes shone with the same icy resolve as Hela's own, and she stood beside it. All Father, I understand your purpose now. The cavern below connects to the water and is safe to drink, but is wide. I have built a hall below with my powers, inspired by your Valhalla. You brought me here to abandon me, did you not? To leave me here to lead whoever starts coming here after death, those who are not eaten by Nidhogg the Serpent? Mother said you would do this, begin to rework the cosmos in your attempt to control even death. Soon souls will begin arriving in Valhalla and at Folkvangir. Those who do not come to your halls will come here, will they not? You are abandoning many of the souls you created, Odin. You abandon them to the icy depths of the underworld, to Niflheim. Odin said nothing. All the confirmation Helen needed, boy. Then I thank you for making me master of the dead here, for I will be a good ruler, a better ruler than you even. The dead will toil, but they will not suffer. They will work, but they will be cared for. They will be allowed to eat and drink and never fear for famine or plague. It will not be the paradise of Folkvangir to be certain, but we will do our work, and we shall build all father. We shall make something of this place and prepare for what comes next. Freya looked concerned. And what comes next, Loki's daughter? Hella's half smile became cruel. Ask Finrear, All Father. Ask him who his jaws are for. Now go. Return to the heavens and leave me to my work. Valhalla was not built in a day, and neither is Helheim. Farewell, all-father. One day one of your sons will come to me. Come to my hall. You have stolen my father from me. I wonder if I should steal your son from you. She turned, and only the wolf, which was called Garm the Red Rag, remained standing as guardian to the underworld. And that is how the Three Homes of the Dead were created. But Odin grew worried, and left Niflheim in haste, headed for home and for fear of Finrir. We return at last to the Children of Loki. These three are among my favorite beings in all of Norse mythology. We have Hela, Queen of the Dead, Finrir, the Hound, and Jormungandar, the Midgard Serpent. Each one is a great antagonist of the gods of the Norse myth, but to me, Hela is one of the most interesting, because she is, in fact, a good ruler. Though she is popularly portrayed as cruel and cold, she is actually quite caring for her subjects. Jormungandar gets the least amount of airtime here because he shows up in the adventures of Thor, as he is Thor's arch nemesis. But more on that later. Odin is the Norse god of death, which makes him an interesting case in that he is the ruler of the gods. Rarely are death gods so prominent as Odin. Where souls goal in Germanic pre-Christian society is a major source of contradiction in the sources themselves. There's evidence for reincarnation of people going to Valhalla, to Folkvangir, which may in fact be older than Valhalla, and to Helheim, among other places. This season I've tried to show a transition from reincarnation of souls to specific afterlives, which we've now set up. Now we have to start filling the halls, but with what? How does Odin determine who goes where? That is the purpose of the last few US stories left in this season. Next week, we'll look at the Fenris Wolf and how Tyr learned not to be so handsy. Goddessy is written, researched, and produced by Greg Wright. Additional writing and editing by Sidney Yanker, who got her doctorate this past week. Yay! Music by Scott Buckley, whose Creative Commons music can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au. Follow Goddessy on social media at the Goddessy Podcast. We share mythology facts, daily from all over the world, hilarious memes, and occasionally real world wisdom. And when you do, reach out and share Goddessy with your friends, followers, and the children of Loki, too. But maybe not too loudly. We can also be reached via email. All those can be found in the show notes, so check us out there. Your support keeps this podcast going. If you like what you've heard, leave a review on the podcast service of your choice and help others find us. Share us on social media and maybe we'll not throw you in a cave in Misty Niflheim. If you want to support the show more directly, you can get access to weekly blog, deep dives, and early access episodes on our Patreon. The link is there below. Goddessy releases every Monday. See you next week, far traveler.